You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source, like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Well, in case you had not noticed, nothing in our culture is allowed to uh, be not gay anymore. Nothing is allowed to not be gay. Gayness must be injected into everything uh, in our culture, and that's just the way it is, okay? Everything has to be gay. Everything has to be gay. There has to be gayness everywhere. And Disney has been on the forefront of uh, leading the charge to gayify all things for quite a while now, but... Up until this point, they basically left their big children's films alone. You know, maybe adding in some very subtle things here and there. uh, Things that no kid would notice or know to look for. Um, For instance, well, this isn't Disney, but... But uh, the kind of thing... Like, I watched the Lego Bat... Not not a Disney film, but I watched the um, Lego Batman movie with my son a few uh, weeks ago. And there was a... There was a joke in the movie where, you know, the Robin character is adopted by Bruce Wayne and then he meets Batman and doesn't realize that they're the same people. And so he starts referring to Bruce Wayne and Batman as being his two dads. You know, he has two dads. And um, meanwhile, the Robin character is pretty flamboyant. So, you know, there's meant to be gay undertones there, but it could also be understood in a different way. And no kid would really, it it goes over all the kids' heads anyway. Um, So that kind of thing, and that's bad enough, you know, but you're used to seeing that sort of thing in in kids' movies. But that's changing now because leftists are not satisfied with that. They need it to be explicit. And so this, there's this new Beauty and the Beast movie coming out, and they're they're making all these different live action versions of uh, of of cartoon movies that already came out 20 years ago. So there's a the Beauty and the Beast will be a live action Beauty and the Beast. Now I don't personally under this is a, a side topic, but I don't personally understand why we're doing live actions ver- live action versions of these cartoon movies. And at least if we're going to do that, why are they like frame by frame remakes of what we already saw? Not to mention they're making a, now I'm really getting off in the weeds, but they're making a live action Lion King. Did you hear about that? Live action Lion King, which if you've seen Lion King, you know that 
all of the characters in the film are animals. There are no humans. So they're making a live-action Lion King, which makes it sound like they're going to be using real lions for the... But PETA would have a heart attack, so they can't do that. So every single character in the movie will be computer-generated to look more realistic, and they're calling that live-action. So that's that's what is live... Nowadays, live-action means realistic animation. And I don't really see the point of that either. I mean, I was talking to my wife about this. Why... You've got... The characters are talk, talking animals... Why do they have to be realistic looking? They're talk. It's they're talking. It, it's a it's a cartoon. It, it should. In fact, I think it looks dumber when they do look realistic. I think they should be cartoonish because they're talking animals. Anyway, it, it's actually it's not true that all of these movies are complete frame by frame remake remakes because they are adding things into them. And in the new Beauty and the Beast movie, gayness is being added in. Explicit gayness. And I'm just reading from some articles reporting on this. And most of the articles reporting it uh, are doing so, of course, in a very celebratory way. This is a great day in America. More gayness. Hollywood is giving us something gay, finally. Finally, the time has arrived when Hollywood is not afraid to, uh, to be gay. I, it's, I, I, finally, that's, we've been waiting for so long. So the Daily Beast... The headline is, uh, Disney Movies' First Ever Exclusively Gay Moment in the New Beauty and the Beast. It says, Disney's stock and trade may still be heterosexual love, but a key scene in the new Beauty and the Beast is a welcome and inclusive development. And it goes on, it says, uh, blah, blah, blah. The gay moment, quote-unquote gay moment, will come during a scene in which uh, Gaston, he's the, the conceited... Uh, would be love interest of the of the the chick right the, of Belle isn't he Gaston? Uh, he eats a lot of eggs. I remember that there was he he plays us in one of the songs where he eats eggs and I don't know. Um, and he's got this sidekick named Lafou or Lafau or whatever his name is. And Lafou in the new movie is going to be gay. And the article says that the gay moment will come during a scene in which Gaston's manservant Lafou explores his sexuality. The revelation will serve to increase expectations that the new movie will represent a significant shakeup of traditional Disney values. Traditional Disney values. Uh, Emma Watson, who plays Belle, has already said that uh, Belle is being given a, given a modern feminist outlook. She's an inventor and wears riding boots instead of ballet shoes. Um... In in the original movie, Belle's father is an inventor, but now they're making Belle the inventor because it'd be way too patriarchal for her father to be, you know, an inventor. But the uh, director told Attitude Magazine, which I guess a gay magazine, said that there's going to be an exclusively gay moment. Um, he says LeFou is somebody who on one day wants to be Gaston and then and on another day wants to kiss Gaston. He's confused about what he wants. It's someone who's just realizing that he has feelings. And Josh, that's the actor, makes something really subtle and delicious out of it. And that's the payoff at the end. In a nice gay moment. I mean, I guess. Oh, you have to laugh, I guess. Remember, this is not, they're describing a children's movie. A children's movie. And we're getting into these deep, bizarre, perverse, uh, 
sexual fantasies where somebody wants to be someone and also have a sexual relationship with them, which actually speaks to, I mean, it's, if you can't decide if you want to be someone or have a sexual relationship with them, that's not healthy at all. That's not a healthy thing. You know, that's, you need counseling in that case, but we're going to get into that in this kid's movie. And it's going to be very delicious. There's going to be a delicious subplot of a gay man exploring his sexuality. And then there's going to be a big payoff, a big gay payoff, a gay off at the end. Um, the editor-in-chief of Attitude Magazine said that, uh, this is his quote, he says, by representing same-sex attraction in this short but explicitly gay scene, the studio is sending out a message that this is normal and natural, and this is a message that will be heard in every country of the world, even countries where it's still socially unacceptable to be gay. Explicitly gay. A gay man exploring his sexuality explicitly in a children's film. And this is what passes for a children's film in Sodom. Now, there's a few points I want to make about this. First of all, you see how the game is played, don't you? What leftists do, and I've talked about this before, what they do is they inject their sexual agenda into everything. I mean, into everything. Everything has to be sexual. They make everything sexual because they're obsessed with sex. Everything has to be sex. And they inject it into everything. Um, and they admit that they're doing this in order to normalize their views. You know, we just heard that. Normalize. That's what they want to do. But then they cry and they weep when some of us protest it. Like they're admitting that this is an ideological move. That they're trying to indoctrinate our kids into their way of viewing things. And not just things, but sexuality. And then they get offended when we even dare suggest that perhaps we'd like to raise our kids differently. How dare you decide which values to instill in your own kids? That's Hollywood's job, they say. But it's all just to bait us, of course. They do something you know, utterly extreme and ridiculous, including an exploration of gay sexuality in a children's movie about talking utensils. And they dare us to have a problem with it just so they can laugh at us and call us bigots. They come and practically make out in front of our kids. And then they say, what? What's the matter, Prude? What are you so upset about? What's the big deal? I'm upset because you're a degenerate creep making a point out of sexualizing my kids. That's why I'm upset. But you know why I'm upset. Because you're trying, that's, that's the whole point. You're trying to sexualize my kids. That's what you're doing. You're introducing this suppressed sexuality. The concept of suppressed sexuality, you're introducing into a movie made for six-year-olds. That is you trying to sexualize children. And in that sense, it doesn't even... The point is not just that it's homosexual sex, but introducing that concept at all of someone exploring their sexuality, suppressed sexual urges. You know, it doesn't even really matter if they end up being heterosexual, homosexual, whatever. Um, If they end up being zoophiles, you know, but just that very concept and theme in a children's movie, a movie made for, for kids who are, you know, seven, six, seven years from puberty is just, it's just disgusting. 
the people that do this are creeps. They're degenerates. They're perverts. Second, listen, I, I understand that uh, to someone who has no faith, no concept of any kind of intrinsic moral code, a person who's essentially a materialist, I understand that to such a person, perhaps this seems like not a big deal. And that's because it's in line with their values and their belief system. More specifically, I should say, it's in line with their, va- with their lack of values, their lack of moral values. And anything that chips away at what they call traditional moral values, they favor. And this, by the way, takes us back to the first point a little bit, because you always find this, um, you always find this dynamic with, uh, with these kind of people, this, this inconsistency, where on one hand, they celebrate these sorts of things. But on the other hand, they insist that it's not a big deal. So which is it? You can't... I mean, there's going to be a gay character in Beauty and the Beast. So you've got all these liberal media outlets making headlines out of it. Celebratory headlines. You know, this is a great moment for our culture. But then in the very next breath, they tell us that it doesn't matter. As as if it's like they could take it or leave it. You know? Well, if you could take it or leave it, why didn't you leave it? If it's not a big deal, why don't you just leave it alone? I mean, you went out of your way to put this into the movie where it wasn't there before. So you, why'd you do that if it's not a big deal? And if it's not a big deal, why are you celebrating? You can't throw a parade over something one minute and then the next tell me it's not, a, it, it's not in the least bit remarkable or important or anything else. Now, anyway, putting that aside, to those of us who are not in that camp, those of us who are Christian, and not just Christian, but religious Jews, uh, devout members of practically any other theological faith, as opposed to secular faith, to us, this does matter, or it should, because this, and I'm not afraid to say that. I don't care if someone laughs at me and says, oh, you're making a big deal out of it. I'm not making a big deal out of it. The other side is telling us that it's a big deal. I'm merely agreeing with them. They're saying it's a big deal. I agree. It is. But for different reasons. And that's uh so I I don't I don't hide from it. These moves that leftists make with pop culture and movies and music and all that kind of stuff. I do think it's a big deal and I don't I I don't hide and that's that's what I'm afraid of. That's the problem that many Christians and other religious people have told themselves that this sort of thing doesn't matter much. It's just a movie, just a TV show, just pop culture, just music, etc. But they know they're kidding themselves, or they have to. Because it's not just that. It's not just a movie. It's not just pop culture. This is the primary vehicle by which the other side introduces its value system into the culture. This is... Like their syringe, okay? Our, our veins, you know, the, 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 are, are the culture. And movies and music, that's the, the syringe, the needle. Uh, and in it is all of their toxic, poisonous ideology. And it's a very effective delivery system, and it does matter. It does matter. It's obviously very effective. So yes, if your kids um, see homosexuality 
depicted as normal in the films that they watch. There's a very high likelihood that they're going to grow up to see it as normal themselves. And what's normal to most people is morally acceptable. That's how the logic goes for a lot of people. So it does matter. This is a very, very potent tool that the left has at its disposal. And it has used it to great effect. And my worry is that you've got conservatives and Christians who have just been sitting back for decades saying, ah, this doesn't matter, care, it's just TV, just let them watch what they want, it's no big deal, it's not having any effect on them. You idiots. Have you really not been paying attention to anything that's been happening around you since you were born? Have you not noticed any of this? You utter ridiculous fools. Do you not understand that you're living in a culture where 95% of the people you meet on a daily basis have had their entire worldview, their religion, their ideology, everything shaped by the movies they watch, the TV they watch, the music they listen to, the pop culture they're exposed to. This is, this is what has shaped the heart, mind, and souls of most of the people you come across, including perhaps you. And maybe that's one of the reasons why you don't notice it. I mean, if you just say to a kid, watch whatever you want, doesn't matter. It's just a movie. It's just TV. If you say that to your kid, you've lost your kid. Your kid is doomed. Um, For now, anyway. If we are not very careful about the media that we expose our kids to, um, there is almost no hope that we can instill our values in them and have those values stick. There is almost, I would, you know what? <clears throat> Scratch that. There is no hope. There is zero hope. It is not going to happen. Your kids are not going to have what we now call traditional values if they can just watch and listen to whatever they want and you don't put any, you know, you, you act like it's not important. Like it's just surface level. It's just superficial. If that's the case, then there's no hope. You know, it's, that's it. Because these tools are so incredibly powerful. That's how powerful they are. So you take something like beauty, and, and I, I mentioned this on Facebook yesterday, and, and quite a few parents who say they agree with me in terms of, they agree with me on the, the issue um, of homosexuality or whatever else. But they say, yeah, I'm going to let my kids watch it because, you know, it's no big deal. It's just, it's just one scene and they're going to be exposed to this stuff anyway. So, you know, Whatever. Okay. But you understand that this movie, like so many others, is entirely or at least partially or at least to a large degree designed not just to expose your kids to another way of looking at things, but to convince them to adopt that way of looking at things. It's exposed. It's designed to indoctrinate them into that way of thinking. Not just to, to tell them, oh, there are people who think this. Because yeah, at a certain age, your kids are going to realize that. And you do have to expose them to that in the sense that you should tell them. You know, at a certain point, there are people out here out there who believe this and that. But you, tell, you, you don't expose them to that by subjecting them to the other side's propaganda. By letting them kind of marinate in that indoctrination and propaganda. And then hoping, hoping that they turn out okay on the other side. This should be, so, this should be just automatic. You know, when we find out, this is, we have the director of the film telling us that he made this film 
in order to indoctrinate our kids into leftist, you know, sexual ethics and leftist feminism. That 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 is those were two of his big goals. He he has told us that that's why he made the film. So it should be automatic that of course we're not watching this movie. Why in the world would we? Of course we're not bringing our kids to a movie like that. I'm not saying that if your kid watches this one movie one time, he's going to turn into a you know gay feminist overnight. I'm just saying, why in the world would you still bring... First of all, why would you support it? And second, why would you put those things in your kid's mind at all? It's not just about putting the ideas and the concepts and the images into the, in the kid's head, but the context in which they're being placed in his head. In the context of this is something normal, it's okay, it's, you know, joyous, it's it's great, it's fun, it's, you know. You know, I think part of the problem for us is uh, that we have, it's not just that we as adults and parents are have been ourselves indoctrinated into this way of thinking. Um, it's been normalized in our mind. But we also, beyond that, we've been indoctrinated into the belief that, you know, we need to have a constant stream of movies to watch and TV shows to watch and all that kind of stuff. Like we can't imagine that's one of the reasons why we make these compromises and we say, yeah, I mean, so many of these shows and movies are horrible and they send bad messages to our kids, but you know, what choice do we have? There, there, there aren't very many Christian movies and TV shows being made. (coughs) What choice do we have? It's like, we can't imagine we can't imagine a scenario where we just really don't watch that many movies or the, or that many TV shows. We can't imagine just having that be not a very big part of our lives. We can't imagine that. We rule that out as a possibility. And so we say, well, look, we've, we, you know, t- watching things on screens, that obviously has to be the centerpiece of our family life. And so... If all we're given is this kind of leftist propaganda on the screens, then we have to watch it. What else are we supposed to do? Play a board game? Read books? What are books? There's an idea. I know it's a radical one, but maybe we just, you know, turn down a lot of these movies and um, start reading books or something like that again. You know, there's an option. I don't know. It's just, uh, the whole thing is just... Oh, it's just disgusting and frustrating and terrible. Glad I could brighten your day. All right, that's going to do it for me. Have a, uh, a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Akruche Salus. Godspeed.